Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava, and with me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello there, Tony. It is good that we get to be together do consecutive podcasts uh, throughout these past Mm -hmm. weeks, which is fantastic. We're entering into the summer. As we record this, we have just Mm -hmm. passed the, what, longest day of the year Mm -hmm. yesterday on uh, June 21st. One of the things about the summer here, definitely at at our mission agency, is it is one of the busiest times (laughs) of the year. Uh, You and I, we have already talked in our kind of prep work of this episode recording, we're pretty tired. And, yep. and we've just come out of one big thing going right into another big thing, which will then lead into another big mm-hmm. thing here on the campus of BIMI. Yep. And one of the things we have coming up, which is exciting, uh, is the time when we have what we call Enrichment Week, mm. where we get to host uh, missionary families And I personally get to host the missionary kids Hmm. and do fun things with them, kind of spoil them for the whole week, going out doing activities, going out and uh, doing just a lot of cool things that many of them never get to experience because of where they're at in the world, mm-hmm. things like laser tag or right. or a, an amusement park. You know, in mm-hmm. in some of these places in Africa, the, there are no amusement parks, <laughs> and and so laser tag is shooting the uh, shooting yeah. the lion with a real gun. <laughs> yeah, so it it it's pretty neat to see their eyes get wide at at some of the things that mm-hmm. we get to do, and it's a lot of fun. And I've been involved with that uh, for uh, many years now, and I look forward to it every year. But that leads us to the topic of what we're going to talk about today, and that is missionary kids. Hmm. Uh, You know, missionary kids sometimes get stereotyped into, uh, like, being different, odd, unique. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there are some truths to that, not because of the reasons that people— Say that, say that, but because they do have a different background, they do have different experiences mm-hmm. in life, which of mm-hmm. course is going to cause you to think different, act different, respond mm-hmm. differently, and react different. So, uh, I think it's just a wonderful topic to just kind of give some insights into what what is it like being a missionary kid. Mm. Now, me and both you and I are at a disadvantage here because. We were not missionary kids. Right. We did have missionary kids, though, as as our kids kind of went mm-hmm. along with us mm-hmm. uh, for the ride on deputation, on the field work, and then on furlough, and right. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we have seen some of the anguish in the hearts of our kids um, as a result. Some of the anguish, but some of the some of the joy, some of the excitement mm-hmm. as well, and um, you know. Uh, you talk about missionary kids and how they're perceived. I think one of the things too that we will no doubt hit on uh, in this uh, in this podcast is that for better or for worse, very often they're held to a different standard. Mm. There's certain expectations that not just their family but churches place on missionary kids when they when they show up and and it all creates for a a whole different bringing up than other kids. There's a reason why we 
we very often will refer to missionary kids as third culture children. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's because they don't necessarily fully fit into the culture of the country that they're from. They don't necessarily fully fit into the culture of the country where they're going to be ministering with their family. So there's this third culture. And you and I were just speaking, um, even in show prep, about how we see that in some of the missionary kids here on campus, some of the other director's kids, and how they connect um, in ways that maybe would be unusual, even across age gaps and things, because they do have something in common, and that is the missionary kid experience. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no doubt. You know, one of the interesting things that I've seen through these years at working with the uh, Enrichment Week Missionary Kid Time is that they they walk away by the end of that week all recognizing that, hey, there are other kids like me. Mm-hmm. They all have been through that same thing. Now, obviously, the stories may be slightly different and the experiences may be slightly different, but they all share a commonality of some of the good and some of the bad. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to highlight some of those things. I do think that we need to clarify one thing as we start. And when we say missionary kids, don't put in your mind five-year-olds only. We're talking missionary kids from from the earliest age you know, a missionary kid is a missionary kid when they're 30 years old, too. And they still are, a lot of times, um, if they spent a very long time, maybe they spent their whole, up until their very young adult years on the field with their family, and their first experience of being back in the United States for any length of time is coming back to maybe a Bible college or something. Um, You know, the fact is, at 30, they are still kind of they're not kids anymore, but they're a missionary kid, and they're still kind of third culture people, at, at, even as as adults. And so, let's not uh, just kind of think when we go through this podcast that missionary kids we're only talking about preteens. We're talking about young children all the way through. Yeah, um, surely their young adult years, and and sometimes even past that for sure. That's a that's a great point. Well, in fact, just we'll start with one of those things, and we'll, and we'll start with the older aged uh, children. In that, let's say when they're coming back to the states and they're going to go to college here in the United States, uh, maybe because the opportunities are not there, or maybe the level of education is not as mm-hmm. high as you would want in right. some of these places in the world. So they're going to come back to the states. Well, some parents have a hard time giving up their kids when their kid is going to college in the next state over. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of kids just go to community college or college within their state, uh, mm-hmm. within very close driving distance of being near home. Mm-hmm. And think about when you're that parent and that kid and you're now worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I, I get to see that often with some of the missionary families that I have, where they're in Australia or New Zealand and mm-hmm. then or Thailand, and they're sending their kid here to the United States for for college, and that is a hard thing to mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. wrap wrap their heart around when they know okay we're not just a couple of hours drive away we are right. flights a couple yeah. flights away mm-hmm. and we can't just get there and. Yep. And that is a very challenging thing. So that kid comes back mm-hmm. here, and and many times they they have to fend for themselves. Yeah. They don't have a place to go for the weekend, like just, oh, right. I'll just go home. Mm-hmm. 
for the weekend or even what do I do during the summer? There's so many yeah. that don't go home back mm-hmm. to the field for that summertime because it's maybe the cost and the short duration of the summer. So now they're in this unique thing of, man, I really thrust out of the nest yeah. and I can't yeah. go back because of so many other factors. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a tough thing for yeah. those for those young people. You know what? We, uh, as a family, are living through that right now. And uh, interestingly enough, our our third child um, is Canadian by birth. People say, "Well, Canada is our neighbor to the north." Well, it is a different country. Number one, number two, um, in the current times in which we live, we all understand that borders are hard to cross right now. And, um, you know, our, our daughter has uh, decided and believe it's it's the Lord's will for her to go to Bible college in the land of her birth. And there is a lot of just discussion and, uh, you know, thoughts about just, wow, she's going to another country uh, for, for Bible college. And a lot of a lot of logistics that we didn't think through when our first two went to Bible college or didn't have to think through, I think, is what we're, you know, especially now with the difficulties of crossing borders and whether borders are even going to open. You know, right now, the Canadian border, as, as we record this, the Canadian border is still closed, open to our daughter. But now think about this, you know, we're going through the process of really thinking if the borders don't open, we're going to put our daughter on a plane, send her into another country, uh, have her meet with some of our missionary friends in Canada where she can do her quarantine and all that and then start school and trying to figure out how are we going to get her supplies? How are we going to get her her clothes and all of those things? So, yeah, there's a lot of logistics and stuff that families go through and and that really affects the family unit, but it definitely affects those those missionary kids for sure. Yeah, and and then when if we take it to the kids that are within the home growing up, and then they're going from church to church, let's say deputation, and they're they they are all the time meeting new people every every Sunday, every mm-hmm. Wednesday. The the lengthiest time that they may have is a Sunday through Wednesday, <laughs> and and that they get to kind of play with kids of their age or yeah. interact with kids of their age. Mm-hmm. But then they they move on to the next right. church. And so you do see that they they know a lot of people, mm. but all those relationships, for the most part, stay very shallow. Mm-hmm. And and you know you think about you know kids that are growing up and stay in the same locale mm-hmm. f- for most of their years. Well, they got those best friends, and they have right. all these things they're doing and experiencing with people. Mm-hmm. Well, missionary kids. They they stay on the surface and and they're meeting people, answering the same questions every new every week. Right. You know what's it like overseas? What about what do you do over there? And so they're answering the same things, and they and oftentimes they never get to any level of depth. Mm-hmm. And so they are more like like a Wikipedia for people to learn about a different place rather than mm-hmm. learning about themselves. Yeah. And then they by the time yeah. it gets to like maybe a, a little bit of comfort, they pack mm-hmm. up and move to the next church. Sure. And so those relationships stay um, somewhat shallow yeah. in in many ways, and that's a that's a challenging thing. Yeah, I think I think this is a point where you know we talk about partnering churches. This is a place where partnering churches can make a real difference. Um, surely, I'm, I'm sure your kids have gone through this. My kids have gone through just what you have described. But the positive side of that too is they do meet a lot of people. They do say. 
we've got friends here, there, and, and I remember hearing Dr. Sisk say recently, you know, one of the great things about his life experience as being a missionary is, I can go to pretty much any city in the world, and I know somebody there. Yeah. So they they have that experience, not on the Dr. Sisk level, because who does, but, you know, on a certain <laughs> level. There have been those places that we have gone, and they've made connections. And I think of, of our two uh, teen girls who still live at home with us right now, who I think if you were to ask them, who are some of your very best friends in the world, they would tell you, there are a couple of girls who live, who are sisters as well, who live all the way out in California. And they just, through uh, visiting at a same church, made a connection. And the other, the other girls are not missionary kids, though, but made a connection. And they will write each other. They send each other birthday presents. They mm-hmm. text each other. They have a real relationship one with the other. That's kind of rare, but I think it's something that that partnering churches could encourage their young people to do, um, because I think it makes a real difference in the lives of those missionary kids to say, hey, I've got not just people who I met over in Pennsylvania or in Georgia or whatever the state is, but I've got real connections there. When they go to these churches, they you have two styles of youth groups. You have those that are very welcoming, mm-hmm. um, but then you have those that are you know, you kinda, not so much. Not so much. And so now it's kind of very awkward. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the missionary kid has to go to the service. Whether they feel welcomed or not, they have to go and be a part of that youth group or whatever. And, and so it does create a bit of a pressure. One of the things I've seen in working with missionary kids for these years is that uh, missionary kids are good at saying goodbye to people. Because a lot of their life is saying goodbye, yeah. whether it be here in the States, talking about, okay, let's say they connect with the church really well, but then, they again, they're moving, mm-hmm. and they leave, and then they go to another. They're saying goodbye to their relatives, grandparents, cousins, when they leave for the field. Uh, then they get to the field, and then sometimes you'll have uh, mission teams come out, and, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's like a burst of fresh air when these teams come out, and they try to love on those kids and things often, but then they leave, and so the kids get attached, and then say goodbye. And then when they're on the field, they're attached to their people, but then they say goodbye for a year because they're coming back on furlough. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of repeats. And and they're really, they become experts at saying goodbye, Mm. more so than I think your average young person does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Average young person, they may have a friend that moves or relative that moves, but nowhere near to the level that a missionary kid would have as far as a continuing uh, uh, rotating door uh, yeah. of folks in their lives and then leaving. And I've seen it even with my own children. We've talked about it at length with my kids because I remember the first times they had people come and out to Australia to visit. I mean, and you should have seen my kids just, I mean, they soaked it in. It was like an amazing thing. And as though those teams came for a week or two weeks and then left, well, the first year it was devastating to my kids. Second time, new new group came. It was a bit hard. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, my kids honestly could just say, "See ya, bye, wave <laughs> at them," and that's it. And and the teens were like, and the teams that were, came out were like, "Cry, oh, we're gonna miss this. We're gonna miss you all." And my kids were just seriously just like, "Bye." It wasn't because they didn't like the team. It was just mm-hmm. they were so used to saying goodbye that they could hold that emotion in. Even with my my relatives, when they come out to see us in Australia, they got caught up in that because they're wanting the kids to 
bye, Grandma. We right, won't right. see you forever. Right. But my kids were to that point where they could. They were so used to goodbye. It was a normal mm-hmm. part of their life. And yeah. and that's something I think that we don't often think about in 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 the missionary kid experience. Yeah, they're, they definitely have different experiences. And probably, you know, if people are listening, the probably the only other group that could even identify with what you just described are military kids, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because they're constantly on the move following whoever's mom or dad who's in the military or both and, and moving from place to place to place. I know I heard recently a, uh, a military uh, kid say, you know, he was about 12 years old. And he said, you know, this is the eighth place I've lived in my 12 short years. Yeah. Now, missionary kids aren't going to probably live in that many places, but they're going to say goodbye way more times than that. Um, every to, week. <laughs> yeah, every single week. Yeah, it, it it is a whole different way. And I think what happens then is there can be, again, this misconception that, you know, well, that's a missionary kid. They're just detached. No, they're not detached. Mm-hmm. They have just gone through, and maybe some of that is even what we might say survival mode. They've yeah. learned how to cope with the emotional part of saying goodbye. Maybe sometimes, especially with grandma and grandpa or something, it could be a year or two or, or even longer. On the plus side, there is technology now that didn't exist even when our, mm-hmm. you know, my older kids were when we were on the field, uh, FaceTime and Zoom calls and all of that stuff. And yet it doesn't replace that that one-on-one in-person relationship and contact. Yep. So they go through a lot of things, but they go through, they also get to experience a lot of things on the plus side yes. that, um, that many, many kids uh, will never experience. I think that is incumbent upon missionary parents to make sure, uh, we always wanted to make sure that we did everything we could to make sure our kids thought deputation wasn't a burden, but it was actually a privilege. It was yes. a, it was a great opportunity, and so not just oh we got to meet all these people in these churches, but um, oh we're twelve hours from that national park. We'll make the drive, <laughs> and we'll go there. All of our all of our kids, except for our youngest, who is only missing like two states at this point, have been in all at least of the uh, continental U.S. and have seen things that most adults aren't going to see in their entire lifetime. Oh, yeah. And, and we remind them of that kind of often, too. If there's ever, oh, we're going to move again, we're going to this place again, and we'll say, but, but you got to do a lot of things that nobody gets to do. You can turn it into a very much, and I say this in the right way, a bragging thing, like in, yeah. a, in a good mm-hmm. way. Like, yeah, I have been to... 40 of 50 states. Mm-hmm. I, I do know my way around an airport. Mm-hmm. I remember us training our, our girls when they hit 10 years old. Mm-hmm. We would we would have them take the lead in navigating us through the airports because mm-hmm. we, of course, always thought we were going to stay in Australia and stay in the foreign field. Yeah. And our kids would be coming back and forth and things to see relatives yeah. or college mm-hmm. or whatever. So we wanted them to feel very comfortable with the how to do the yeah. airline, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. going from point A to point B. And so at 10 years old, that was kind of the big thing. It was like, all right, yeah. you're leading us through the airport. Mm-hmm. And and my kids at a young age would yeah. not be intimidated at yeah. an airport. Well, not every kid yeah. can say that. Sure. We've done the same thing with mass transit, you know, subways and yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and that's a cool thing that, that they, you know, that not, not every kid gets to do. They see things that not every kid gets to see. I mean, mm-hmm. many people, I mean, it's statistics are proven in the United States. Most people only 
go to like three or four places in the United States for for vacation time. Mm-hmm. Well, our kids have seen the big and the small in mm-hmm. in the United States and can share that. Then they've seen things around the world that right. they can talk about and 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 they learn this is to me one of the cool things that they they can they have the experience of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're not raised in this just kind of that bubble of a certain neighborhood or whatever, right. and so they their minds truly are growing up with an exposure to different cultures. They're mm-hmm. learning the culture at home, and but then they're also learning that culture on the field, mm-hmm. and they see them as normal. And and oftentimes many people who never leave their their little sphere or neighborhood struggle to understand and accept different cultures. Whereas missionary kids are pretty accommodating and understanding different cultures, mm-hmm. different foods, different right. styles of how you do even church or mm-hmm. clothing or or any of these things. And uh, that's something that's very cool. I think so, yeah. And I think another thing that they get um, that is going to be an advantage, a lifetime advantage, whether they are, you know, a lot of a lot of missionary kids end up going back to the field where where they were uh, serving with their families. But I don't I don't know what the stats are off the top of my head. How many go back and how many come to the states and maybe get a job or maybe continue in ministry? Some will continue in ministry in the United States. Some will get a, a secular job. Whatever the Lord wants for them, that's fine. But they do get a certain advantage because people who are bilingual. <laughs> um, they uh, can a lot of times get a uh, an employment, mm-hmm. even even in uh, Bible college or something. Um, there are jobs for bilingual students, and that are readily available because you know what uh, most missionary kids grow up learning at least a second language, and that that is a plus to them. Uh, in show prep, we were talking about the fact that our daughter, who's going back to Canada for Bible college. Well, she holds a a Canadian passport as well. That's not true. She doesn't hold a Canadian passport. She can be a Canadian passport holder, will be in the future. Uh, We were talking even as a family just last night, all the doors that that Canadian passport opens to her that even the U.S. passport, they, when you get your U.S. passport, the, the government will tell you this is the most valuable thing you can possess. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were speaking as a family last night, and I was saying how valuable that Canadian passport is because of the Commonwealth. And mm-hmm. we were even talking about uh, her ability to go back to your area of the world and to Australia, part of the Commonwealth. And the topic came up because we were uh, watching something that had to do with Malta. And our youngest daughter was like, that's a pretty cool place. How could you get to go there? And I was like, well, there's somebody in this family that can go there because she holds a passport that lets her go where it would be a little bit more hard for us to get there than she would. Yeah. There really are so many advantages uh, of things that are gained in the life of a missionary kid. You know, of course, we, we could probably create a list of, like, oodles long still of the negatives. But when we think of the positives, like the language learning and the culture adaptation, and I think also one of the great things is that most missionary families are going to bring their kids and get them involved in the ministry, mm-hmm. even at an earlier age than maybe happens here in the States. Sure. I mean, my kids went with me on visitation. My kids were mm-hmm. plugged in as soon as they could kind of teach kids younger than them. They were getting mm-hmm. plugged in to do that. 
They're helping set up chairs. They're helping do this and that. And and they're they're in the ministry getting this training experience in an in-depth way compared to the average experience of someone here in the States. And so when they come back, I, I could think of my daughter now, my oldest daughter. Well, she is helping with a new church expansion uh, that they're expanding to a new property and starting mm-hmm. a new church. Well, she's signed up to do that. And when we were talking to her about it, she said, well, I have all this experience of dealing with kids and teaching mm-hmm. and organizing yeah. and all these things. And and here she is, twenty three, and she she has a lifetime of experience because of what happened on the field, mm-hmm. and so she's going to take that into this new church plant, mm-hmm. and and use that. And what mm-hmm. an asset! And mm-hmm. there's some twenty three year olds who would have zero right. church life experience mm-hmm. in, as far as ministry is concerned, and so they are gaining this ministry experience that's it's invaluable right. on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I think is so invaluable that, and of course, this is not unique to missionary kids, but I think missionary kids see this on a on a more often, is just the power of prayer. Hmm, absolutely. God working to provide, yeah. God working to work miracles in the life of someone, God working in a way to help protect that family, mm-hmm. build that church, provide yeah. that financial support on the tough right. times. Uh provide just those little blessings. Well, as we as we wrap this up, we always like to bring it back to the uh, partnering churches and and kind of make the tie there and and I would say this for all of this talk over the last half hour or so of the differences and the different experiences of missionary kids, I think one of the best things partnering churches can remember is at the very core missionary kids are still just kids mm-hmm. and they're just regular people like everybody else. And I think, you know, a, a partnering pastor who maybe or a youth leader who will prep the youth group and say, hey, we're going to have missions conference. And, you know, it'd be important to just treat these missionary guests, the kids, just like regular kids, just like, a, like somebody new to the youth group. Be interested in their background, uh, but don't treat them like they're from Mars and just do your very, very best to connect with them because you know what missionary kids are going to do their by and large uh they're going to do their very best to connect with the kids that are there as well and everybody in this world wants to be accepted and not to be the one who's really different um and and that is probably never truer than teen years Mm -hmm. and so when when a youth group has a uh when the churches have a missions conference Invite the missionary kids to be a part, but then encourage the the youth group to really interact and get outside of their comfort zone, remembering that those missionary kids are way outside their comfort zone. Yeah. And uh, get outside your comfort zone, embrace them, connect with them, be interested in their background. You know, they may have a story uh, that ask them about those things, but then just ask them about normal stuff that you talk about with everybody else in the in the youth group as well cuz they're missionary kids yes they're different but at the at the in the end they're just kids yeah. and 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 they truly i think truly want to be treated that way as well and we didn't even talk about some of the other things that's you know 
how they're, uh, oh, you're a missionary kid. You must have 15 talents. Put those on display in front of the church. <laughs> we didn't even get a chance to speak about that. And, you know, maybe they do have some talents, but just they just really want to be kids too. To, to wrap up with the idea that churches should... If you're gonna, if your your church is in the habit of sending like uh, an anniversary card mm-hmm. or a, a birthday card to the missionary dad and mom, yeah. mm-hmm. send one to the kids too. Yeah, absolutely, uh, include them. There's no, boy to get mail from afar or even to get mm-hmm. an email that's addressed yeah. to them yeah. is specifically to say happy birthday from a church or right. a church. That yeah. is that blows their mind yeah. and makes their day. And yeah. so if your church is in the habit of doing that, then yeah. really I encourage you to include the children in that. Mm-hmm. And you may think, wow, that's well, that's going to increase our load because, you know, the old missionaries have lots <laughs> of kids. Yeah. But yeah, but they still need that encouragement yeah. because they're so far away from lots of relatives yeah. and friends and family yeah. that, that for someone to recognize them yeah. on their special day or mm-hmm. is that really is a big yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a good point. And those churches that are sending the cards to mom and dad are doing it to be a blessing. And mom and dad do appreciate it for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. But if you want to be a, a blessing to mom and dad and you say, well, we can only do so many cards. Maybe it's a, a church on a tight budget. It does get expensive to send things, so on and so forth, or just keep track. I guarantee you ask any missionary mom and dad, would you rather get a card or would you rather we send it to your kids? They're going to say yes. 10 times out of 10, send that to my kids and make their day special. And uh, it would be a blessing to the whole family that way also. Missionary kids go through some some trials that maybe other kids don't face. But in the end, as we've said, they're just, they're just kids and uh, they have so many great privileges as well. And um, we would love to hear from some of, maybe there's some missionary kids who listen to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you um, some of your thoughts about what we have discussed and perhaps some things that we could incorporate into a future podcast to further educate, especially I think partnering churches on uh, missionary kids and their life and and, uh, some of the unique parts of their lives. We want to thank you for listening this week and being a part of this podcast each and every week. We appreciate it. Share this with a a friend, and especially if you know a missionary kid, do share this with uh, them as well this week. And and, uh, we look forward to spending some more time with you next week. You'll find our contact information in the show notes. Until next time, have a great week in the Lord.